0: Today's program is brought to you by Patina Events at Brooklyn Botanic Garden, an idyllic location for weddings, corporate events, and parties of any style. Visit us at patinaevents.com.
1: Oh, well, hello. Thank you for stopping by the Solar System's number one podcast, Life's a Banquet. Um, Today, we are going to give you a recycled, dusty, dirty old episode from long, long ago. Um... I've been scouring through our, you know, our catalog in the presidential library, um, just scratching my little head thinking about which one should we re-air today. And I decided, um, without Nicole, thank you very much, Nicole, your input was not needed here, um, I decided all on my own that we would air one of my very favorites, and I know one of Nicole's favorites too, um, about chefs in film, featuring my least favorite movie of all time, Bradley Cooper's uh, miserable, pathetic, horrible pile of shit movie, Burnt. But I do hate watch it all the time because it's very funny and I recommend that you do too. Um, As I recall, Nicole talks a lot about different chefs in TV and movies and especially the bizarre um, storyline of Monica and Friends. And yeah, it was a real laugh riot. But really the reason that I chose this episode is because I'm so nostalgic and missing um, being in the studio at HRN with Nicole sitting right there. Roberta's watching all those freaks just eat pizza and get drunk on natural wine and have a grand old time. And it's, you know, it, I, it's sad and I hope we get back in there soon. Um, if zombies don't take over the earth, but you know, at this point, who really knows? Um, anyway, we are on a little mini break this week, and I hope that you all are having a wonderful, wonderful summer, um, enjoying the last days we have here on planet Earth, uh, making the most of it. And, uh, yeah, be good to yourselves and each other. And hasta la motherfucking pasta. Enjoy the episode. And send Bradley Cooper some hate mail, would ya? Bye. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down. Hello? Is that
2: the real words?
1: Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I just drank a whiskey drink and I drank a vodka drink. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, I'm just, I'm not drunk at all. I'm perfectly fine. Welcome to Life's a Banquet. Quit bragging. (laughs) I'm sober. You
2: think think you're better than everyone because you don't drink.
1: I do drink. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do drink. I just am trying not to drink as much. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about sobriety. (laughs) A show about judgment. Turning your nose up at your friends. Scowling. Scowling. uh, Not laughing. Being very serious. Harsh judgments. Religion.
2: Uh, the chapped plague. lips. Oh,
1: yeah. This is a podcast. Let's just do the episode on chapped lips. Aren't they gross? Why do they happen? Dehydration? Yes. I hate a chapped lip. I know. It's gross. You know, I notice when I drink more water, though, it really does make a difference. Yeah.
2: I mean, technically, you should not need chapstick. You should just guzzle water. It's a sign that you're dehydrated. What do you use for chapped lips? I just drink more water if it's during the day. If it's nighttime, I'll put a little Vaseline on there. Mm-hmm. My lips will split open oh. if I don't...
1: That sends a shiver down my spine. If they do get
2: too chapped, so I have to, if, usually it's at nighttime when they're starting to get really chapped, I'll put some Vaseline on.
1: You're just banging against the microphone? in me. (laughs) Um, and it works wonders. Huh. Interesting. Petroleum jelly. You ever get a chapped nose? Mm, no. You know when you were, like, a kid and there was, like, one kid in school that would get, like, the chapped lips, but, like, everywhere around his lips? It's
2: because they're rubbing the Kleenex all over it. And, like, licking the
1: outside. Yeah. Or, like, the where corners would get, like, really crusty and disgusting. Yeah, kids are disgusting. It's hard to be a kid because you don't know, like, how to treat your lips <laughs> or do anything. <laughs> and your parents tell you what to do, and it's not fair, and it sucks. Being a kid's tough, but you also don't have to pay any bills.
2: Parents just don't
1: understand. They certainly don't. Not at all.
2: In the immortal words of Will Smith. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Will Smith, a
1: fellow Scientologist. Um, since our cults episode a couple weeks back. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Will Smith is here with us right now. Um, I have joined Scientology. Oh. Yeah, but not the real Scientology, not the one with L. Ron Hubbard. This one is just about people who like science.
2: I got, I joined Kabbalah. Oh, <laughs> I forgot
1: about Kabbalah. With uh, Madonna. And Kevin Costner. Is he in that? He must be. I don't think He's so. got to be part of something. After Waterworld happened, he probably really needed guidance.
2: Who knows?
1: Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Kabbalah, um,
2: our episode for today is one close to my heart. What is it? <laughs> Been waiting for years to do this episode.
1: Um,
2: it is Chef's who kill <laughs> just kidding you nut it's chefs in films yeah um and i just wanted to do this because even before i worked in the food industry there are certain moments of chefs in films that have all stuck with me for a really long time and i don't really know why i guess it was a sign that i was going to end up here but yeah. um yeah it's um it just it's really it's such a fun topic because i mean nobody's expecting the films to like portray accurately what it's like to be a chef, but they do it so inaccurately that it's hilarious. Yeah. And very fun to see what they think they're, I don't know, I just find it very amusing.
1: Um, Can I ask you a question about that though? Yeah. So I I obviously share that sentiment, sentiment and as a chef, like pick up very keenly on the inaccuracies of portrayal of chefs in film. Do you think that every job is portrayed inaccurately in film as much as chefs are and we just notice it because we are in the restaurant business? Or do you think that you know what I mean like do you think when accountants watch movies about accountants they're like that would never happen accountants are not accurately portrayed in film
2: I mean I don't think there's only like two movies that were accountants were in like
1: the movie The Accountant with Matt Damon oh three <laughs> I guess he wasn't an accountant though wasn't he like an undercover never saw it dude I never he's I don't like
2: Look Who's Talking and Stranger Than Fiction isn't the LA he two. a pilot when he's in in uh Look Who's Talking he starts off as a cab driver, and he becomes a pilot, yes. When is he an accountant? Kirstie Alley is the accountant. Oh, I,
1: don't, I didn't Women remember that. Women can have jobs. Though. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was on her fainting couch.
2: Um, Callback from last week's episode. Oh, right. Before we go in, um, we wanted to point out that our... Amanda, what are you called? <laughs> <laughs> our friend. Our friend. Our little
1: friend. <laughs> Engineer.
2: Told us that she was disappointed Thank that we made zero mention last time of Diva Cups, which is true. We, did, we just didn't. We made a lot of tampon jokes.
1: That's and true. Zero Diva Cup jokes. So I'm sorry, Diva Cup wearers. Um, I've worn one before. I find it to be uh, very intimate and <laughs> a lot of digging, but very efficient in some ways, but also sometimes inefficient and then dangerous. Yeah. But, as you mentioned, you made a great point at the end of last episode. About so much easier
2: the, to put a period in your food.
1: So much easier.
2: So, set it yeah. and forget it. <laughs> dump it right in there.
1: Exactly. Denty
2: Morbi stew right out of the can. Um, <laughs> so, okay. But it's interesting that you asked that question about... I'm sorry. <laughs> jobs. <laughs> Please focus. We're okay, on a live podcast. Ooh, go ahead. <laughs> um... Is it there in you know, I'm exaggerating, but basically there are only like three jobs at movies, so you can be a chef, you can be an architect, or you can be a journalist,
1: and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> that's true.
2: <laughs> um, so I think that you know obviously movies are aspirational, so those are jobs that people think are cool, right but I, I think that it's really hard I mean correct me if I'm wrong, architects, but it's really hard to like portray an architect wrong because they're always just sitting at their drawing table. Totally. You know, like, like pushing
1: the middle of their glasses. Tom Hanks
2: is like, I'm going to take some time off. <laughs> so,
1: uh, architect. <clears throat> like the guy in Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. Also another job that I think is randomly in a lot of film and TV, like uh, someone who runs a sneaker factory.
2: That's just in Jumanji.
1: No, it's also in Father of the Bride and in Parenthood, the show. <laughs> it's three shows. I That seems like a, a lot. I'm sure there's more. No. Or in Mrs. Maisel's, they own a factory. Anyway, I think factory owner is also a oh, factory owner. <laughs> sure, <laughs> factory owner or yeah, worker. factory owner is
2: like black sheep or whatever. Uh huh. So exactly. Along those lines. Or no, he's sure. a politician.
1: Who knows? Whatever. Who cares?
2: Um. Anyway, the the first one I want to talk about, um, of, of a chef in a film mm-hmm. portraying the role unrealistically, um, is it's complicated. Starring. Meryl Street. Oh, God. Bah. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And Stephen...
1: Stephen? <laughs> Stephen Martin. You know who else? Stephen Martin. My friend Zoe is in it. Okay. She's name cute. Name dropping. <laughs> uh, sorry, it looks like you dropped your name. Maybe I should pick it up for you.
2: Um, do you know what Steve Martin's job is in... It's complicated? He's an architect. Yes, he is. I've seen it like a hundred times. <laughs> okay. So my favorite... This stuck in my mind. I'm pretty sure I saw this before I was in the industry, but who knows what year that came out. Um is that, so Meryl Streep's in a love triangle with Alec Baldwin, her ex-husband, and Steve Martin, her architect. And so she and Steve Martin go on a date, and after their date, she takes him to her bakery. She runs a bakery, and she just whips up some chocolate croissants (laughs) in front of him. She doesn't get the dough out of the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. She makes that dough from scratch, and while he sits there waiting, makes up
1: chocolate croissants. Yeah, they were on a 13-hour date. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Just got to pop these back in the freezer overnight.
1: Uh, Make this complicated laminated dough.
2: It's ridiculous. Of all the things she could have made. Yeah. It's hilarious. She could have made a a
1: can of beef stew.
2: And then they show them eating them at the end. So Mm -hmm. it's not like you're left to imagine. No. they.
1: (laughs) It is agreed. That's always stuck in my mind. It's one of the most absurd things ever.
2: Hilarious. Um, But, you know, so romantic.
1: Oh, God. Suspend your disbelief, jerks. (laughs) And just pack your mouths full of chocolate croissants.
2: Um, the most famous chef um,
1: <laughs> in the world is me, I'm sitting in right here.
2: My life—that's on the film or television—is Monica from Friends. Ugh. Um, obviously, the number one most unrealistic part is that she's never at work.
1: That's true. <laughs> like she's like so free time. She's always.
2: I mean, that's true of all of the friends, but like, you know, Phoebe is a masseuse, so she kind of has a part-time job situation going on, and Chandler theoretically has like a nine-to-five, Joey's an actor. Monica would never be around. No. She would be at work all of the time. Absolutely. Um, The other part is that she goes from being a sous chef at a fancy restaurant to not being able to find a job at all in New York City, which is... Fine, whatever. And then, I mean, that gives her more time to be around the friends. It's like a plot point, sure. (coughs) She's like, doesn't have a job. But then she takes a job as a waitress at a diner because she can't get another job. And I'm not saying that front of house can't go to, or, you know, back of house can't go to front of house or vice versa. It just seems she obviously wants to be a chef. It's her career. It's her dream. And she takes this job as this front of house, low-paid waitress. Yeah. You know, she has to wear the boobs and everything. Totally. Um, And... It all ends up working out for her because she meets John Favreau. But um whatever.
1: It just seems weird. It is weird. But the thing is, that's, I mean, it's obviously still totally unrealistic. But now we live in a kind of restaurant culture where there's so many restaurants and such a shortage of chefs. But in the mid-90s, when Friends was on, there was like a fraction of the number of restaurants there uh, were. I'm sure it okay. actually was harder to probably find a job. Fine. Now you could like just walk anywhere and be like, hi, I'm your new sous chef. They're like, please, God, please. We'll give you $10 million a year. We need you. Don't go. They won't say that. Yeah, so like 10 dollars an hour. Yeah. Get into the industry, it's great. <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. Counterpoint.
2: The final part is that um, Monica has to make this big catering event for her mom, and she loses a fake nail in a quiche. So <clears> that <throat> means that she's wearing fake fingernails to make a meal, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Not saying it's ever been done before, it just seems like for a career trained chef, like a bad decision.
1: Do you want to know who did that? Ew. This guy. I used to have, like, those long, fake acrylic nails on the line. And I would they would get, like, tons of pecorino cheese That's underneath against them. That's the law. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Everyone was fine. I, as far as I remember, everyone had a great time at <laughs> my <I'm proceeding. laughs> Thank God. But that was not a smart move. All right. Well,
2: you're up there with Monica McBride. I know.
1: I wrote. I was a writer on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this happened to me. Hi. I do that all the time. Also, I just want to quickly interject and tell a funny story about my dad that he one time dropped a dime in a cake. Mm-hmm. And a customer came back in when they had the Love and Oven, like, in the 70s. And a customer came back in, and he's, like, outraged. He's like, I found a dime in this cake. This is disgusting and terrible. And my dad was like, oh, my God, you're the lucky winner of our contest. It's like he, like, made up some, like, old tradition where, like, you put a dime in a cake. He's like, you won 10 free cakes. <laughs> so That's a lot of cakes. I know. And he gave, like, 10 cakes to this guy because there was a dime in one of them. I thought it was a great save. <laughs> and that man was Billy Joel.
2: Oh, no. Just kidding. Um. Then there's the lesser known um, Autumn in New York But this is just something that stuck in my mind Because I saw this film this Who's in that movie? Terrible, terrible movie Richard, Richard Gere, Gere Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder Yeah, yeah Play the least charismatic couple of all time <laughs> They seem like not even father and daughter They seem like two strangers that are forced to speak to each other <laughs>
0: Which is what making a movie is. So Yeah, that's true.
2: There's no chemistry between them whatsoever. It's terrible. But the premise of this movie is that he's this restaurant owner womanizer mm. um, who then sees by known a writer who's half his age and just simply falls in love with her and changes his ways, but there's one caveat, she's dying. So the whole premise is that this womanizer falls for the only woman in New York who will definitely What is she dying of? I don't, know. They, I don't know. Some stupid. Do you disease. want some wine? I have some. A stupid um, <laughs> disease. I don't. It doesn't matter. It's like a movie uh, disease. Or she's like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna, you know, I'm perfectly able to walk around and do normal things like ice
1: skating, but I'm going to be dead in one week. Right. She just has her period. And He's <laughs> like, looks like you're dying.
2: So like, he commits to her, but it's really easy for him because she's going to die. Does so, she die? Yeah, she dies. Thank God. Um. But so in this movie, at the very beginning, he's opening. He's either opening a new restaurant or he's just like bopping around one of his fancy restaurants, and he's in the main part of the restaurant, telling customers they have to move because they're taking too long to eat their food. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes up to these women. He's like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to move. I'm going to have to put you out on the patio. And I'm like, "What's well, <laughs> it's a hilarious thing for the owner of the <laughs> restaurant to be doing. <sighs> the famous, like, cover of the New York Times owner. Right. Um, he also walks, he saunters into the kitchen, and he's like, <laughs> I'm looking for a Chilean sea bass. And <laughs>
1: Is that like the op- opening to a joke?
2: No. And then his like, whatever, the guy running the line is like, well, is it not on the sideboard? And he's like, I better see the and sea bass. And I was like, I don't know what this is about, but it's very funny. <laughs> and then there's an erotic moment of somebody slicing tomatoes. I think we're supposed to assume that it's him, but you don't see it. You just see the hands. So it's probably not him.
1: <laughs> what happens to the tomatoes after that? Do they go in someone's in someone's mouth or up their butt? We don't know. Oh, wow.
2: Um, so yeah, then when a writer dies and he's free to go back to his womanizing ways, and And does he? I don't know, I think at the end he's just like, I'm sad. Oh man, wow, R.I.P. Don't watch this movie. I (laughs) we won't also. It was for free on Amazon Prime when we initially thought we were gonna do this episode a while ago, and then I had to buy it. Oh no, (laughs) or like rent it. Oh my god, that sucks. (laughs) I also had to rent, um. Reservations needed.
1: No reservations. No reservations. Yeah. at all. <laughs> no, res- you had no reservations about renting it.
2: I'd never seen this movie. Um, it stinks. I think that at the very beginning, I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, at the very beginning, though, when she's describing quail forever, um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was. I thought she did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a scene in that where the a table complains about their food, so the chef, the oh chef, owner of the restaurant, comes out and tells the table that the foie gras is perfectly cooked and that they are idiots and that they should go to the hot dog stand down the street.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I can relate to that. Yeah. I've done something similar.
2: Yes, but I also think, like, if a customer complained, you wouldn't come out of the kitchen all the time. I only would ever come out of the kitchen if they were rude to a server. Right. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, I didn't watch the end of that. I'm assuming she gets together with Aaron Eckhart, but she, she dies of her period. Her sister dies in that, which I think is unnecessary. Yeah. Just like unnecessary melodrama. What happened to Aaron
1: Eckhart? We don't hear much from him anymore. Is he okay?
2: Wasn't like that Thank You for Smoking" movie, right? That was like
1: over 20 years ago. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was so long ago. It that, was... that was a long time ago. I'm going to look it up right now. Keep going.
2: Okay, so other chefs that I love from television mm-hmm. and movies, maybe just television. Um, Sookie from the Gilmore Girls, mm. she is the chef at the motel, um, which I realize is a hotel, but I call every hotel a motel to diminish them in their prideful ways. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> um, what year was it?
1: 2005. That wasn't 20 years ago. It's 15. It's a long time ago. If he hasn't done anything since then, we need to send a search party.
2: Maybe he retired like Cameron Diaz. Um, <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Sookie doesn't come back to one of the seasons of Gilmore Girls, and they actually say that the reason why is because she's working at Blue Hill at Stone Barns. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I've never I seen Gilmore Girls. always remember that.
1: That's hilarious.
2: I thought that was very specific and hilarious. Very specific. Um, They're like, oh, she got this great opportunity. She can't stay at this little motel. <laughs> um, Jack from Three's Company was a chef.
1: I never really watched Three's Company. Oh, you didn't? I was Jack... Th- uh, what's, uh, John Ritter. John Ritter's character? Yeah. Oh. Um... And he died. <laughs> yeah, he did that song. Then
2: there's Artie from Sopranos. Oh, we Artie Bucco. Him. Yeah.
1: You wanna know something really weird? I uh, was in my neighborhood and I was like talking to someone on the phone about the Sopranos. I don't remember why. It was just <laughs> randomly. Like I was like on the phone with my mom and I said something like, and it's kind of like the last scene in The Sopranos. And as I said that, I said it like into his face. He like rounded the corner and he was right there <laughs> as I said the Sopranos.
2: Really? Yes.
1: It was so embarrassing.
2: I'm sure he didn't know what you were talking about.
1: I'm sure he did.
2: I said the Sopranos in his face. Everyone probably says the Sopranos in his face all the time. <laughs> I
1: know. What did we do?
2: <laughs> you have a lot of celebrity encounters like that. It's um, true. Then there's the murderous chef and The Little Mermaid. Oh, uh-huh. Who sings the song. Yeah. Um, there's Gene, the chef from *Wet Hot American Summer*. Oh my god! <laughs> What's that actor's name? I love that guy. I forgot to look it up. I love him too.
1: I can't yeah. remember. He's great. Um, Chris, Malt, start Chris. I don't know. Yeah, Chris with an M. Funny dude. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, LL Cool J is the chef in *Deep Blue Sea*. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you showed me that clip. That was hilarious. Yeah.
2: Um, Wait, Sam Jackson gets eaten by, like, a... He's in the middle of, like, a very important speech. Yeah. Like, to get everyone motivated to escape, and then a shark just eats him right in the middle of it. (laughs) Um, And then there's Barth from You Can't Do That on television. Oh, my God. I thought his name was Barth. Yeah, me too. But it's Barth. That's hilarious. Who's named Barth? Well, that guy. That's hard to say. (laughs) I mean, I think, obviously, it's supposed to be, like, (laughs) a joke for children. Oh. (laughs) Um, Right, Right over my head.
1: Yeah. And then Ratatouille. Okay, that's also good. He's a, great is a movie. person, Ratatouille is a rat who <laughs> likes to cook. Um, I would like to add one to your your list.
2: I have to go though, so no, I please can't. stay. Please
1: just stay for one more <laughs> thing. I have to say, Steven Seagal's character. Oh, yes. from Under I can't Siege. I forgot about that one. It's so good, a, so amazing. Uh, and Another in, murderous chef. A, mur- a chef who kills and is in film. <laughs> there's nothing like accurate about his representation of a chef. The best part of that oh. movie.
2: You don't know what it's like to be underwater.
1: I don't know. I've never been on a submarine. That's very fair. Um, A lot of Denty Moore beefs do without period blood, I'm (laughs) assuming. Um, In the very end, he stabs Tommy Lee Jones in the middle of the forehead, which I have never seen. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Sorry, if you haven't seen it by now, it came out 87 years ago. He stabs him in the middle of the head, which I'm like, I didn't even (laughs) ever know is possible. It's so hard to stab someone in the head. Well,
2: you're a chef. If you have a sharp enough knife, I mean, there's like deboning knives and stuff. Could you like get through
1: the skull? I guess if you're as strong and powerful as Steven Seagal. And you have that much hate in your heart for other people, as we know he does. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. Your for, the sheer force of that could go right through a skull. Yes.
2: My favorite Steven Seagal movie is Hard to Kill. Have you seen that one? A hundred percent. A million, it. billion, billion, billion times. I recently rewatched it, and I did not remember that there is a sexy sex scene on the mat where he had just been working out, it's, so it's super sweaty It's so
1: sexy. I also love Out for Justice when yeah. they're in Jamaica. Very, you know, racist and horrible. He's a terrible person. Yeah. But the movies are great because there's so much arm snapping, and it's like, he just, <laughs> someone comes up to him. He snaps their arm in half and then casts them aside. And we're assumed that they've just they've, kind of died? They've died from the pain and the shock. <laughs> they've, <laughs> they've died from excitement. Well, in
2: Hard to Kill, I love it because he's a police officer yeah. who is out for revenge, and he killed so many people. So many like, people. He shoots a bunch of bad... I mean, they're bad guys. He's like
1: Gino in that. And he's like Italian.
2: I don't know. He's like know. from
1: the block. He's kind of in with some of the mobsters. No,
2: no. This is where his, he, his wife and son get killed and he gets shot and he's in a coma for seven years Yeah, and he comes to oh the bad guys, the mobster is right
1: but he's like affiliated with like somehow mob adjacent or it's like the no, bad he's guys He's like
2: a purely good the police ba- oh right officer. he's the
1: cop but the bad guys are the mafia yes and yes. they're
2: like you can take that to the bank yeah um but they I <laughs> love that we're talking about this movie but yeah. he kills so many people and it's like fine because he's a police officer and he's out for revenge but like there's one scene where they're like out of carnival or something and he literally shoots like 10 dudes and then yeah. he's like Okay, bye. And nobody's like, um, sir, we're going to need to talk to you about this. Ask some questions. They're just like,
1: okay. Totally. I mean, his widow's peak is very imposing. (laughs) They're just like, continue about your revenge. (laughs) Go on with your vengeance killing. So to answer your question, I think you probably could. I think he could stab someone through the forehead with a chef's knife. Okay. Um, On that note, shall we take a small break (laughs) Yes. Okay, Goodbye.
0: Patina Restaurant Group offers unparalleled service in New York's most iconic locations, including Lincoln Center and Macy's Herald Square. Patina is also the exclusive caterer at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. From meetings and presentations in the glass-walled atrium to galas in the renovated Palm House and intimate wedding showers at Yellow Magnolia Cafe, your event will be perfectly imagined and customized at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. You can also enjoy brunch and lunch at the picturesque Yellow Magnolia Cafe overlooking Lily Pool Terrace. Executive chef Sarah Flynn's unique menu includes modern dishes with global flavors, with a focus on local and seasonal ingredients.
1: And we are back. What? With part Hello? seven of <laughs> Chefs Who Kill. And oh, it's Stephen Seagal, the podcast. Joining us <laughs> is Kevin Costner and Stephen Seagal fellows um okay so i have a movie <laughs> i cannot wait. about a chef that i have hate
2: watched so many times i can't believe you've seen it. when you told me that you had seen it so many times i my heart swelled
1: with joy i couldn't wait i've to... seen it so many times <laughs> i have so many questions it's the worst movie anyone that i know who is a chef or in the industry who knows chefs works in restaurants like Deeply, deeply, deeply despises this movie. So I got all my information from this. I had mentioned, cited an article in our period (laughs) episode that I got uh, from Eater, uh, from an article by Greg Moriboto, but I'm sorry, he did not write about periods. He did write about this movie, which is called Burnt. (laughs) Um, I wanted to start with a quick joke, though. Did you hear about the Italian chef that died? No. He passed away. We can only we can only do so much. His legacy will become a pizza history. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm half Italian. It's fine. I can make these jokes. Okay, so the year 2015. Some important things that happened. January 1st, Lithuania adopts the euro as its currency. <laughs> Finally, so, it's about goddamn time. 72 people are killed and 169 hospitalized after a mass poisoning of beer with crocodile bile at a funeral in Mozambique. What? I know. I thought that was that might need its own episode. I don't understand. Somebody put Crocodile Bile. And that's poisonous? <laughs> it sounds like a song. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a ride. Somebody put the Crocodile Bile in the beer at a funeral in Mozambique. There is a ride called the Crocodile Mile at some amusement park. Right, but there, I don't think there's any bile in it. And also in 2015, Birdman wins Best Picture. Burnt comes out the same year. Gets Didn't a t- win the Oscar, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it gets a 28% as of right now on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty low.
2: <laughs> Suck it, Bradley Cooper. <laughs>
1: That's a stinky rating. <laughs> that is isn't indeed a Rotten Tomato. <laughs> it's directed by John Wells. Who knows who he is? It makes $36.6 million worldwide and costs $20 million to make. That's what made money. It made a little bit of money, yeah, like $16 million. Um, Bradley Cooper, born January 5th, 1975 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is my one day before my mom's birthday. Hmm. So I don't know if that means anything to anyone, but he's a Capricorn. I'd like to start with a review. Uh, I'm not going to read the full well, review. That
2: means he just had a birthday.
1: Yes. Happy belated, Bradley Cooper. This movie <laughs> fucking sucks. You're a terrible chef. So <laughs> <coughs> the headline of the review from The Guardian by Peter Bradshaw says, quote, burnt review, bad taste, Bradley Cooper Cooper sh- hotshot chef drama leaves awful smell.
2: Wait, what? Do you have to do that all burnt, over again?
1: Burnt Burnt review. Bad taste. Bradley Cooper, hotshot chef drama leaves awful smell.
2: <laughs> that doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, <laughs> Bestubbled Cooper, it's, it's British. Bestubbled Cooper plays a fantastically tiresome Pratt pursuing redemption and Michelin starred, uh, Michelin pursuing a Michelin star in this overheated foodie flop. <laughs> okay. It's Very wordy. This really guy really
2: working hard. Yeah. Here.
1: We, we also should get him a bad review for making his review too wordy. However, he does not like the movie. So, in the movie, Bradley Cooper plays Adam Jones, and he is kind of just a very stereotypical, like in rehab, had been like a drug, drugged up chef. He went and worked in Michelin star restaurants all through Europe. He's the worst stereotype of a toxic male chef that you could get. So the movie opens <laughs> with him. He's like left his life. The whole thing is just like the worst trope. It's so classically like ugh, it's just sickening.
2: Wait, does he like leave his life? He leaves his as life a chef and yes. someone has to do it one more job? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's
2: like, I'm getting too old for this.
1: Yeah, I'm getting too old for this shit. In front of these buffalo wings for me. So he then goes down to Louisiana and he keeps this little note. You just see that, like, it's Bradley Cooper and he's opening and he's shucking oysters in New Orleans and he's writing things down in on, on a notepad. He's Can you talking. tell if he's really shucking the oysters or if it's. You can't really, but I would assume he would because, you know, he's very dedicated to his craft, the coops. Mm-hmm. Um. So then he marks the paper and you see that he's shucked his one millionth oyster. So then he <laughs> just leaves. <laughs> He just leaves his job (laughs) never to shuck again. Are you serious? Yes. He just walks out. (laughs) Like, what a piece of shit. People well, are relying on you. They're like, we got this famous chef shucking oysters here, and then he just leaves.
2: Also, the famous chef wouldn't be shucking the oysters, probably. Well, he
1: did it because he wanted to be, like, put in his time. Like, that's how he cleaned up.
2: Oh, okay. He cleaned up by going
1: to shuck oysters so and get away from he's
2: the... Like, oh, so he's still working in the industry. Exactly.
1: He wanted to just get away from the capacity. Michelin scene.
2: Okay, I don't think he could live on the salary of an oyster shucker just putting that out there, but... Um, Especially
1: now with the cocaine habit he picked up.
2: But I guess, you know, Michelin stars, they just hand you out money every time you win those. Just kidding. It's
1: um, ridiculous. The but, whole thing is sick.
2: You, I mean, it is pretty common though for chefs to write down every oyster that they shuck. Yes, right. Absol-
1: oh, yes. I've written. I've <laughs> shucked thirty-seven oysters just today. <laughs>
2: So this is like not, this isn't, this is, this is normal. Like they're, they're portraying this accurately. Like oh, this is very, yes, everybody
1: does this. <laughs> so as Greg Morboto talks about in his eater article, he's, uh, after he counts the oysters, he notes that he's traveling away. He gets on his motorcycle headed to Europe he, and he is seen, <laughs> from leave, New Orleans. he's seen leaving New Orleans in the opposite direction of the airport. But <laughs> next thing you know, he's in Europe. <laughs>
2: I mean, that's nip but but um, I do. I think it's hilarious. I that hopping on his motorcycle. To t- Europe I go. <laughs> he's like, 100th oyster done. <laughs> millionth. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <dare
1: millionth>? dear. <laughs> Your fingers would fucking fall off.
2: Well, over the course of a lifetime. I mean,
1: he's supposed to have done this in like two years. That's ridiculous. What? I know. And, it's- you
2: know I guess maybe like some kind of seafood restaurant. <laughs>
1: So he gets back to England and he meets, you know, Jonathan Reese from The Americans? No. Okay, he's like this hot British actor who's actually really great. He's great on The Americans. He's a really good actor, but he's in this piece of shit movie.
2: Does he bring his motorcycle with him?
1: No. Okay, Actually,
2: good. maybe. So I, he just left it in the parking lot of the
1: airport. He just, it, well, it sink. He tried to ride it across the water and it sunk. And then he had to swim the rest of the way. Sure. The English Channel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, he, there's a scene and he's like, sees Jonathan Reese and like, he's like, if you try to, he says to him, like, he goes into his restaurant and there's this big scene and he's like, "If you why try to does he
2: go into the restaurant? Just
1: to be a, he's just a fucking asshole." So he's just
2: like a chef going into a regular restaurant. He's
1: like, "Here I am, I'm back, I'm back on the scene. I'm going to try to open a new Michelin starred restaurant. Like, uh, I'm he, your competition is back." Oh, I'm he like, went into
2: the restaurant to tell yes. him that.
1: <laughs> and he's like, "If you try to start in a restaurant, there are at least a dozen people will try to have you killed."
2: Oh, I see. that was in the preview. I. Re- I remember laughing in the theaters <laughs> dying laughing oh
1: my god well, I mean
2: he could just be being he's joking around
1: it will all make sense when you hear who much was like behind this movie much like a
2: Michelin star his statement was meaningless yeah. <laughs>
1: take that everybody you (laughs) fucking idiots okay so then greg moroboto from eater goes on to say quote midway through burnt i started to wonder if bradley cooper had made a pact with the devil that allowed (laughs) him to star in monster hits american sniper and a star is born in exchange for appearing in this culinary calamity
2: but like that was so much later when did this movie come out
1: this movie came out in 2015 like maybe he had agreed that he'll make this horrible stinker if he gets like some kind of like Agreement that he can do better things in the future.
2: I think that Bradley Cooper wanted to play this role because I, I think he did too. It's basically to me, him. It seems like that's what he's like in real life. He
1: should just go be a, a chef in a Michelin starred restaurant. <laughs> so I wrote The movie has awful, awful, toxic, masculine tropes. Counts the oysters, quits, the whole thing. He might as well have a pig part tattoo. This is my note. Everyone wants to kill him. So, in preparation... <laughs> everyone wants to kill him. <laughs> Everyone wants to kill him. He gets, like, beat up by drug dealers that he what? owes money to. Oh. So, also... The, he's trying to go for a third a three Michelin star restaurant right yeah that's the goal baby okay so <laughs> a couple of things that are unrealistic about this movie one Uma Thurman who's like the biggest food critic in London comes in <laughs> and he's like let me cook for you more so, big than Julia Roberts character yes the
2: 28 year old food critic
1: <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so she sits down for lunch and he starts by like basically defeathering like a duck and like scaling fish like he starts from the beginning there's no prep done so much like Meryl Streep's character she's sitting
2: down and <laughs> yeah. then Doug still has feathers exactly. it. Exactly.
1: He's like picking feathers from a duck. Like, this is how he's like starting the meal. So if it was reality, about 36 hours later, this, this you know, meal would be done. He's like smoking a duck breast. This is like Meryl Streep making the croissant. Exactly. It's so annoying. And then one of my other least favorite things that happens in movies about chefs. Oh, she's having duck for lunch? That's heavy. No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so one of my other like Lee's favorite things that happens in movies about chefs is that people like chefs and during busy busy service or in this case someone who's going for a third Michelin star expecting for the Michelin people the Michelin man himself to come in and roll a tire into the restaurant Um,
2: oh that reminds me I forgot a chef who? the Pillsbury Joe boy (laughs) (laughs)
1: he is a chef he sure is (laughs) oh and he's got a cute laugh he can make a croissant In, in five minutes. In five minutes. you sure can. <laughs> he sure can. That's
2: uh, hilarious.
1: Sorry, I forgot about that. I don't even remember. Oh, the Michelin Man tires. The okay. so <laughs> Michelin
2: Man himself comes in. The Michelin in Man himself is like,
1: I'm hungry. Make me a duck
2: bust I'll just eat it with the feathers on. I don't care. Just yeah. cover it in tire I'm a tire. I'm a tire.
1: <laughs> I'm made of tires. What do I care? <laughs> so anyway, the trope that I hate in movies about chefs is that they'll be like, hang on one second. Can you just watch my station? <laughs> yeah, like go just- do something else have a talk with someone if someone uh someone who's worked in a kitchen i will tell you it was been a chef if some fucking person you can't even leave to pee no i've not peed for like 12 hours at a time okay there's no fucking way that during busy service you're gonna leave to go have like a heart-to-heart with someone and ask your neighbor your partner the next station if they can work their station and your station they yeah. don't even know about your station they don't know what's on your station well,
2: apparently they're just plucking a duck how oh. hard can it
1: be <laughs> Hey, can you yank these duck feathers out, please? I have to have to go break <laughs> up with my girlfriend. It's insane.
2: Wait, who's his girlfriend?
1: Sienna Miller. She's the sous chef.
2: Wait, Uma Thurman is not his girlfriend. No,
1: she's just like has a like a two second role as oh. a food critic. Um Anyway, I have
2: not seen his movie in case that is really to our listeners. <laughs>
1: it's really worth seeing just for like hate watching it. It's I so just, bad. I
2: think that I hate Bradley Cooper so much that I can't. It wouldn't be funny to me. I would just get upset yeah, at seeing him be himself. It's
1: so, it's so bad. So this will help explain why it's so ma- a toxic movie. Um, do you know who Marco Pierre White is? Oh. He's one of the most <laughs> famous chefs. Like, he, they call him, like, they say he's, like, the first celebrity chef. He's I'm a British a guy. I'm a layperson. That's fine. He's a British guy. He's like almost 60 starred now. What restaurants that he open? <laughs> I don't even, honestly, I don't know the names of his oh. restaurants. I okay. don't care. He's, like, a classic dick. Yeah. Um, and so Bradley Cooper said for the film he was able to pick his brain. I wrote in my notes, just to share with you, Marco Pierre White is an insane asshole. Yes. He thinks that women can't handle stress in the kitchen. He's, like, a big proponent of, like, screaming and yelling. He's yeah, just, like... Yeah, he's...
2: Okay, so this is the... I think I've heard of this guy. Right. Because as we're changing the way that we act in kitchens now, yeah. this was the beginning of that culture. Exactly. He's canceled from kitchen It's the beginning culture. of that culture, but he's the one who sort of popularized it. He made it popular. It. Cause cause made he made it
1: was, cool. Exactly. And so, guess who else worked on the film as a consultant? Guy Fieri. Uh, (laughs) No, poor, bless his heart. I think it would have been a much nicer movie. He, I mean, his food's kind of gross, but he seems like he'd probably be a nice guy. Sure, but who knows, really? Um, No, Gordon Ramsay. And so that guy, all the hair gel, exactly. He's disgusting. Somebody could have fucking died. I'll never forget that episode they did at Mama Maria's, which is up the street from Brucie, and someone gets taken to the hospital in the middle of their meal because they're like getting food poisoning from or fra Diablo, and he's like, somebody could have fucking died. Really? Yeah. The guy gets wheeled out into an ambulance mid-meal.
2: You can't get food poisoning two seconds after you take a I, bite. I
1: know. <laughs> it's absurd. <laughs> it's really dramatic. You should watch it. So anyway, Gordon Ramsay was a consultant on the film. My notes also say Gordon Ramsay is an insane asshole. And then I wrote, these two assholes hate each other Marco Pierre White and Gordon Ramsay. They do? That's fun. Yes. So Gordon Ramsay was like, you trained under Marco Pierre White. And then, like, he also became a famous asshole. And then the student became the teacher. Exactly. (laughs) And then I wrote, toxic masculinity flows like rich gravy throughout Burnt. Very well done. So, also from Eater, perhaps it should, quote, perhaps it should come as no surprise that two of the biggest celebrities whose predatory actions were exposed in the height of the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein and Mario Batali, both had a hand in the production of Burnt. Harvey Weinstein produced it, and uh, Mara Batali was a chef consultant. Also, the premiere and the party of uh, the premiere party for the movie was at Oto, which was one of Mara Batali's restaurants.
2: Oh, really? I mean, I wish that that were the case, but Harvey Weinstein did like every movie that came out. I until know he was
1: of course arrested
2: or whatever happened to him yeah
1: until he turned into Jeff Garland have you watched (laughs) it's really funny oh no I've heard about it and I just want to mention this is not uh, Bradley's first foray into uh, playing a chef really in 2005 there was a show that aired for like 13 episodes the same year as Thank You for Smoking exactly (laughs) coincidence I think not Um, and it was a TV adaptation of Kitchen Confidential called Kitchen Confidential and Bradley Cooper played a character called Jack Bourdain No way. Yeah, and it was on Fox, and it was also produced by the Weinstein Company. (laughs) Very interesting. It was like a comedy. I never saw it. It was canceled after, I think, like four episodes, but I think there was 13 episodes total. Do you remember it? No, I never watched it. I never heard of it. No, me neither. Um, Some other things I want to tell you about Bradley Cooper. His favorite food is sushi. Not surprising. Mm. And his last meal would be his grandma's cheesecake. Interesting. Yeah. So... um, Can you
2: tell me more hilarious moments from this movie. How is he, are he and Sierra Miller already? Sienna Miller. Sorry.
1: He's so abusive to her. He grabs her shirt at one point and like screams in her face and then pushes her. Why? What Um, did she do? Was she having her period? Uh, she had her period and she was (laughs) on her period couch and he was like, get off the couch. You fucking waste of space. Um, and another scene, a guy who he thinks is his homie who he used to work with at a restaurant, but he kind of like did him wrong, but then he rejoined the team. Um, he thinks everything is chill and copacetic, but really it's not. And so they think Michelin is in the restaurant. and The Michelin like, man. Yeah, they're like, the Michelin man's in the restaurant and he's drinking cans of oil. And so they go to, they're like prepping to make the perfect dish for Michelin. And like he goes to, uh, it gets sent back and it's like really inedibly spicy. And this guy who he thinks is his right hand man is like, this is for for Paris like for something Bradley did to him in Paris and really he spiked the food and he made it like crazy spicy and ruined it on purpose. And then he leaves the kitchen (laughs) and walks out.
2: (laughs) Watch my station while I leave.
1: Yeah. He also has, there's a scene where he's eating Burger King with Sienna Miller and telling her about how Burger King is perfect because it's peasant food. It's just meat, cheese and bread. And it's like all anyone needs. What? It's the most like hair pulley cliched. (laughs) Like Burger King. It's just, it's just so bad. It's just so bad I'm in every way. I'm a Wendy's person. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. So it's
2: not peasant food, you dumb piece of shit. There's sesame seeds on the
1: one. <laughs> pests could not <laughs> afford sesame seeds. Okay? <clears throat> it's All right. flame broiled. It's a terrible movie, but I also highly recommend watching it. If All you right. want to just like really, be, I don't know. It's I terrible. I think I hate Bradley Cooper. I'm sorry. I do too. Question. Um, what does your chef recommends for, uh, you don't have one? Are you oh, shaking no. your head? Oh, you're just like. Cranking out your neck. This is a podcast. No one can see what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Including you. <laughs> what is your chef recommends for being the perfect, like acting the part of a of a male classic, toxic male chef?
2: Oh, well, I just picked people that I think should play chefs.
1: Oh, okay. For so who would your top then let's do top three. Who would your top three?
2: Oh, sorry, people? I think I am confused okay. here. What's
1: your top three actors who should be chefs?
2: Okay, so this is doesn't make any sense, but it would be great if Martha Stewart
1: played a chef on a movie. <laughs> That's true. That would be. She amazing. would be perfect. <laughs> that would be incredible.
2: Um, and then I was thinking that, um, James Gandolfini would be. Oh yeah, but he's can't. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> not anymore.
1: He would be a great chef, though.
2: Um, and then I was thinking that it would be lovely if Angela Lansbury played a oh, chef. <laughs> maybe she did. I mean, is I've she not with us? I'm still? not an Angela Lansbury completist. I don't. Ah, oh, I think she is. Okay. Well, maybe it's not too late for her. I don't know, unless she's not with us. Amanda, is Angela Lansbury still alive? Amanda, quick, help us!
1: <laughs> okay, mine I don't are gonna. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> god! We thought you were an expert on all things murder. She wrote. Um, okay, my top three. My number three would be Bob Bobcat Goldthwaite because oh, yeah, I think it would be great. hilarious to hear him get upset and like, oh, and this chicken <laughs> is not done. I really got it out of the kitchen. Oh my god. Um, number two would be Christian Bale because of the outbursts that he had. Sure. Um, I thought it would be amazing if he actually was a chef and mm. just hear his, like, going crazy in the kitchen and yelling at people. It would, he would fit right in. Yeah. And my number one is David Hasselhoff because of the way that he ate that hamburger drunkenly on the floor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's that's good. Yeah. I also just thought John Lovitz would be a good chef.
1: Oh, yeah. John, I wish I could do a good John Lovitz on the spot. I can, <laughs> but I'd need some work, so I don't think we have enough time for it. Do you have a chef recommends for what it takes to be a classic kind of chef, chefy trope, prototype? Oh, yeah. So just being,
2: like, huge ego, mm-hmm. um, short temper, mm. emotionally immature, like, extremely emotionally stunted. Totally. Um, incapable of, like... Incapable of confrontation in the way that where you actually have a conversation, only capable of, like, confrontation in that you're shutting someone else down in a very confrontational way. Right. Um, And... Now I feel bad, because, well, hopefully no one that I know will listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's just what I think of when I think of a stereotypical... Chef, I don't, I'm not saying that I've ever worked with anyone that does that, ever. Yeah. Oh, I just no. made this up. Sure. I've never even met a chef.
1: You just watched Burnt. <laughs> um, okay, mine are pig part tattoos. Oh, yeah. Okay, with like the little numbers on them, like a butchering tattoo. hmm Or a tattoo really of any kind of vegetable, like an artichoke or a Brussels sprout. Definitely some kind of food tattoo. Um, Sleeping with young hostesses. <laughs>
2: That's also the FOH manager thing. Uh-huh. For sure,
1: totally, or in my case, just a young bartender. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> um, acquiring a drinking problem, uh, you have to fill your fridge with every kind of random hot sauce. That's what I do. I know, but maybe you're par- maybe you're part chef. <laughs> you should get your DNA or Uh-oh. your twenty three and Me done. I'm frightened. Um, and then also just masturbate in front of the mirror, Ew. to your own image. The, okay, I guess that plays into the ego thing. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's all I have. Does Bradley Cooper do that in the movie? He definitely does it in real life. It's in the <laughs> it's in the outtakes. They're like Bradley a little Did slower. Did you look at the
2: outtakes? Because I was watching the outtakes of the Hangover because I I literally wanted to see him be a dick about yeah. people not remembering their lines. Um, but he's fine. He, he actually laughs a couple of
1: times. Is that what happened? He's a dick. T- Is that like a rumor?
2: No, I just assume it because I despise him and he seems
1: a... incapable of feeling joy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's got a real a real problem. Yeah. Also, I hated A Sarah's Born. It's you
1: did? So oh, I liked it a lot.
2: Ugh, I hate, their chemistry is not an easy sentence. You don't think so? No. I thought it was good. Ugh. You know what? I'm not even sure if I thought it was good. I just all liked like, watching pop it. voice is scratchy well, and I'm playing.
1: Yeah. Burr. He's like, I'm just ripping off Sam Elliott, who's also in the movie. <laughs> I'm just going to imitate him. Just, like,
2: also, like, there's no, there's actually, like, no real character development. Like, I just, like, you don't, it, I did hated it. I
1: guess that's fair. You know what? I'm a hopeless romantic, and I kind of, like, like to feel sad sometimes when I'm watching, like, a romance movie, so I think it scratched those itches. You I'm should watched The Notebook. Well, I like The Notebook, and I also watched another <laughs> movie this week that I want to tell you about starring Kevin Costner. Called <laughs> for the love of the game, and I sent you a clip of it. Yeah, that's crazy. He's a dried up, uh, washed up old baseball dried player. <laughs> Only a,
2: women can be dried up.
1: He's a. Uh, it's uh, the sequel to uh, the Crypt Keeper. What is that? Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Um, so anyway, he's a dried up old baseball player pitching his last game of his career, and he. Spoiler alert: pitches a perfect game, but there's lots of flashbacks. And one scene, he co-stars Kelly Preston as the love interest. He randomly starts. Um, working on a wood project for no reason. There's no, like, information about him being interested in construction before this. They're in the (laughs) middle of, like, the mountains. And he's like, I guess I'm just going to build a deck in the middle of the winter. So he's in the wood shop. He slices his hand basically in half and comes out, like, spouting out blood. And then she takes him to the doctor. It's hilarious. No one will pay attention to him, even though we're, like, meant to believe he's the most famous baseball (laughs) player in the entire world. He's, like, in a random hospital. And then she just starts screaming. She's like... Isn't baseball American? Is this not America? And then somebody just, like, responds to how wacky she's being, and sews so up his hand. Huh. And uh, then they bone. Fascinating. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's not about food. Wow. Although it is the scene where that uh, famous <coughs> picture of Kevin Costner in a sweater drinking hot cocoa comes from.
2: I thought it was from a photo shoot.
1: No, no. mm It's just a photo it's from the movie. It's real. It really happened.
2: Yeah, that movie seems insane.
1: It's crazed.
2: Um.
1: Okay, are we done? <laughs> I hope so. I can't <laughs> sit here another minute looking at your face. Um, I think we are done. That was a really fun episode. I enjoyed myself. Bradley yeah. Cooper. <sniffs> Call me, I guess. Yeah, you know what? We didn't mention Dom DeLuise either.
2: Oh, but he does play a
1: chef. He, like, is a chef. And also, Vincent, Does he not
2: play a chef? He
1: does. and But he, like, wrote a bunch of cookbooks. And also, we should mention Vincent Price.
2: I also forgot to mention another famous chef, Chef Boyardee.
1: Also, the chef from the Muppets. Oh, yeah. also Raekwon the chef
2: well I didn't mention
1: every chef on the planet that would be <laughs> also like... April Bloomfield <laughs> <laughs> you no know, there's chefs in film oh right I feel like I'm missing a chef in film but that's okay we can't we can't possibly name everybody no that was fun I had an okay time <laughs> I'm in love with you I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to confess on the air
2: I have to take these off because they're hurting my ears so... I have to pee
1: bye Pasta la pasta Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast